Henry Clay History Stories Collection Henry Clay was born in Virginia in the year of Burgoyne's Surrender, 1777. His father was a Baptist preacher with a fine voice and a graceful way of speaking. He died when Henry was four years old. Little Henry lived near the Slashes, the name given to a low, flat region, and went to school in a log cabin. When not at school, he worked on the farm, helping to do his share in support of the family. He could be seen walking barefooted behind the plow, or riding the horse with a rope bridle to mill. From this he was called the Mill Boy of the Slashes. Henry was a raw-boned and awkward lad. The other boys laughed at him, but he read books when not at work, and soon could speak far better than the boys who made fun of him. At fourteen, he was a clerk in a store, but he seemed more for other things. He was put in the office of a famous lawyer who was clerk in one of Virginia's courts. The Chancellor of Virginia, a great judge, liked him and took him to be his private secretary. For four years, Clay wrote down the judge's law decisions. The great man often talked with Clay on important subjects and advised him about the kind of books to read. After studying law for a year, Clay began to practice in Richmond. He had plenty of time, so he formed a debating club, in which he was easily the leader. Finally, he made up his mind to go to Lexington, Kentucky, and try his fortune in the West. There his rise in the law was rapid. His fame grew, and he became known as the lawyer who seldom lost a case. He married a well-to-do young lady and lived near Lexington on a beautiful estate called Ashland. Henry Clay's first work in politics was to favor the gradual abolition of slavery in Kentucky. Although beaten, he was always proud of his stand on this question. When too young, according to the Constitution, to take his seat, he was made a Senator of the United States, but nobody called the attention of the Senate to his age. After his term as Senator was out, he was elected to the Legislature of Kentucky and was immediately made Speaker. Born during the Revolution, Henry Clay, like most Americans of his time, grew up with hatred toward England in his heart. He was sent to Congress in 1811 and was elected Speaker of the House of Representatives. As Speaker, he did much to bring on a declaration of war with Great Britain in 1812. Clay made speeches in Congress and over the country, stirring up the war. On to Canada was his cry, but the capture of Canada was not so easy. Many generals failed, and only Harrison and Perry made made much headway in defeating the British in Canada. When the time for peace came, President Madison sent Henry Clay and other noted Americans to Ghent in Belgium to meet the British agents. After many months of talking and disputing, they finally agreed on a treaty. This treaty was, has since been called the Treaty of Ghent. Great Britain and America were both glad that peace had come. From 1819 to 1821, Congress was debating over the mission of Missouri as a slave state. The North opposed and the South favored the mission of Missouri. The excitement spread to the state legislators and to the people. Many meetings were held. 
resolution strongly favoring or strongly opposing the mission of Missouri as a slave state were drawn up and voted upon. Wise men thought the Union was in danger, and Henry Clay, by his eloquence, succeeded in getting Congress to pass the famous Missouri Compromise. This resolution provided that Missouri should be admitted as a slave state, but that no other slave state north of the line of 36 degrees 30 minutes should ever be admitted. Both sides were pleased, and the excitement died out. We have seen how South Carolina threatened to refuse to pay the tariff in 1832, and how President Jackson hurried the Army and the Navy there to make her people pay it, as the people of the other states were obliged to do. Henry Clay came forward again and introduced the Compromise Tariff Law. It was called a compromise because it gave each side a part of what it wished. Calhoun and other Calif Carolinans favored it because by this law the tariff was reduced very greatly. It was carried through Congress. The law made unnecessary the warlike preparations of both the President and the South Carolina, and again Henry Clay was held by the people as pacificator or peacemaker. But Henry Clay was not only a peacemaker, he was now a statesman, and like Hamilton and Jefferson, he led in forming a part of the people into a political party. It was called the Whig Party. In 1824, before there was a Whig Party, Clay ran for president but was beaten. Again in 1832, just as the new party was being formed, he ran a second time. Although he was beaten for the presidency by Andrew Jackson, he was the life and soul of his party. It was his eloquence, the music of his words, that made men Whigs. On one occasion, Clay spoke on the question of the ab abolition of slavery. Some one said that, his, that this might hurt his chances of being president. Clay replied, I had rather be right than be president. Finally, in 1844, he was again the Whig candidate. But he was defeated for the third time. When the Whig party had a good chance of electing a president, they nominated somebody else. When they had a poor chance, they nominated Henry Clay. War with Mexico had come, and with it a great victory for the American army. The Treaty of Peace with Mexico in 1848 gave the United States all the territory then known as Alta, Upper California and New Mexico, but the North and South disputed over this territory. The North said it must be free, the South said it must be open to slavery. The quarrel grew so bitter that many men thought the Union would be destroyed. Henry Clay was now an old man. He had left the Senate and had go gone home to his beloved Ashland for a few years of rest before the final summons. Kentucky was greatly excited by the threats of disunion. Her legislature sent Clay back to the United States Senate by a unanimous call. Democrats as well as Whigs joining in the vote. It was a proud moment for the old man. Now in the Senate, he offered the Compromise of 1850. This bill contained a number of points in favor of the slave states and a number in favor of the free states. One day, Clay made a great speech in favor of his compromise. He had to walk to the Capitol that day on the arm of a friend. He was too weak to climb the steps alone. When he arose to speak, he saw before him an audience that had come from distant parts of the nation to hear his words once more. The people filled the Senate to overflowing. Outside, they crowded the corridors. 
When Clay arose, the audience broke into applause, a strange thing for the Senate to do. The people were not disappointed. For two days, the ringing words flowed on. Under the excitement, he was young again. He pleaded with the North to give up some things for the love of the Union. He pleaded with the South for peace. He told them that all the territory of the United States had, purchased, had been purchased for all of them. War and the dissolution of the Union are identical. On the second day, someone suggested that he rest and the Senate adjourn, but he refused. He might not be able to go on the next day. After he had finished his speech, a great crowd rushed forward to congratulate him. No such scene ever had been witnessed before in the Senate. The debate went on. Now and then Clay took part in it. On one occasion he said, I believe from the bottom of my soul that this measure is the reunion of the Union. On another occasion, he said, The Honorable Senator speaks of Virginia being my country. This union is my country, but even if my own state should raise the standard of disunion, I would go against her. I would go against Kentucky, much as I love her. Congress finally passed the compromise. Both political parties pledged themselves to obey it. Public meetings in all parts of the nation resolved to abide by it, and the country rested for a time from the slavery question. Henry Clay's work was done. His body was worn out, but his mind still clung to the Union. On June 29, 1852, Henry Clay died in Washington, the place of so many of his triumphs. A great monument at Lexington, Kentucky, testified, testifies the people's love for Henry Clay.